0: You're be believable of God's word and prophecy. And This is young yes. Ecclesia
1: Nation. Yes. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of
0: God in ministration. I hope are going God bless you. write everything down. Don't anything Okay, so I've actually done a proper exposition on Romans 8 from verse 1 down to verse I think eleven. So I'm not going to do that again. But then let's, let's read from verse, maybe 11. From verse 11. But if the Spirit of God that raised us from the dead dwells in you, He that raises us from the dead will what? He will what? Quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Right? That dwells in you. Aha. Uh-huh. That dwells in you. So, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the Spirit the flesh, we shall live. I've thought that. Verse 14. But many of us live by the Spirit, are the sons of God. Verse fifteen: For you are not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, "Abba, Father." Notice, he keeps talking about spirit, 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 spirit. He is talking about spirit, right? He's talking about spirit. We have not received the spirit again to fear. We receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, "What? Abba, Father," right? Then verse sixteen again: the spirit. Are you seeing that the spirit itself dwells witness with our spirit that we are what the children of God. So you are seeing again, spirit, 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 spirit. Our best witness, our spirit, that are the children of God. That means this, this is about spirit. Verse 17, and if children then as heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, we suffer with him that we shall be glorified with him. So you are saying he's still talking about spirit. Why are you children of God? Because you are spirit. Why are you joint heirs? Because you are spirit. You have the spirit of God. That is why you have all this. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the what, the glory that shall be revealed in us. Right? The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to, what, to be compared with what? The glory that shall be what, you know, revealed in us. Are you seeing that? Okay, so, verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the, of, creature, of, creature, of the creation, actually, right? So notice it says that the sufferings are not it compared to the glory that will be revealed where? In us. There's a glory, something that will be revealed where? In us. Now, notice that this glory is future. First of all, he already says you have the Spirit. So this glory is not salvation. You already have the Spirit. And this glory will be revealed when? In us. Or where? In us. Now, verse 19 for the endless expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of god now notice you remember they said that there's a glory that shall be revealed where in us so the manifestation of the sons of god is the glory that will be revealed in us are you seeing that it is the glory that will reveal in us it's the same thing he's talking about the manifestation is the glory okay so he now says for creation was made subject to vanity not willing but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope so he's telling us that there is actually a kind of suffering or bondage that we and creation both suffer we suffer creation suffers it we suffer creation suffers it in other words it says we actually entered into that same bondage around the same time just talking about genesis actually when man fell verse 21 because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of what corruption now It says, shall also be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. In other words, it means that the suffering that we are also going through is the suffering of corruption. Did you see that? Because it says, we also shall, or the creation also shall be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. Also means that it is also part of what we are also experiencing, which is what? Corruption. Is someone seeing that? Are you seeing that so far? Right? Is is someone seeing that? Are you lost... Let's start from. Please, I hope. Are you looking in the Bible, right? Uh-huh. We, because in, te- in study, you are comparing text with, with text. Now, look at this. I reckon that the suffering. Have we understood the part that is talking about the spirit? The spirit, the spirit, and it's down to seventeen. Have you understood that part, right? That it's talking about the spirit in us. So far, it has been about the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. Are you? Do you understand that part? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, now, so verse seventeen, and if if children then we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we what suffer with Him, that we may also be what glorified. Are you seeing that? If so, we what we what, suffer. I want you to take note of the words because this is an important in Bible study. Even so, that we what suffer with Him that we may be what glorified. You get? If you can't say, if you have a small notebook, to write the word suffer. Write the word glorified. Right? We suffer with Him that we may what be glorified. Okay, now, he now says, verse 18, for I reckon, right, I reckon, I reason, or I suppose, that the suffering, so he, now, you cannot miss this, don't miss it, verse 17, he spoke about what, that we, if we suffer, that we will be glorified. Verse 18, he now says, sufferings. Are you seeing that? He mentions the same word, suffering. Are you seeing that? So you must take note of that. He said suffer. He now mentions suffering. So that means he's talking about the same thing. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, right? So that means in verse 71, he says we suffer with him that we may be glorified with him. That means that suffering is a suffering that is present right now. We are going through it right now. Okay? For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be what compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, notice in verse 17, he said, What? That if we suffer him, we shall also be what? Glorified what? Together. Did you notice that? Did you see that? Did you see the the two verses, how they use those same keywords? I need this is how you understand how to study your Bible. If you don't, if you miss this, you miss everything. I see that. So, the sufferings and glory, sufferings and glory, right? Uh-huh. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be what revealed, right? Where in us? So that means in verse 17, when he says, "If we suffer with him, that we may also be what glorified together," that means that glorification, you know, shall be where will it happen? It will happen in us. Do you get? It will happen in us. Something will happen to us that will be our glorification. Okay. Now, that's what we're trying to find out. Does that make sense? We're trying to find out what is the suffering, what is the glorification? Are you with me? We're trying to find out what that is. So, verse 19 for the earnest expectation of creation, right? Uh huh. Or the anticipation of creation wait for the manifestation of the sons of god so question what is the manifest from verse 18 and 17 what is the word that represents manifestation here can you see the said manifestation it sh- manifestation means is showing forth right something that will happen right he says he says it is waiting for what the manifestation of the sons of god so verse 18 and verse 17 what would the manifestation of the sons of god be in verse 18 and verse 17 Okay, yeah, the glory. Are you seeing that? The glory will be it. The manifestation of the Son of God is the glory that should be revealed in us. It's the same thing he's talking about. He's just using different words for this to say the same thing. Are you seeing that? Different words to say the same thing. Then verse 20. For creation was made subject to vanity, right? Or moral depravity. But not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So, basically, 20 is telling us that creation has been what? Subjected to what? Vanity or corruption, right? Because the word vanity actually there is actually the word depravity. Okay? So, note that. Creation has been made subject to what? Depravity, not willingly, but by reason of him that subjected the same in hope or... Or it has been subjected in hope. I don't think it's right to say, Him who subjected in hope is not, it can't be God that subjected creation. It's not God that, that did that to creation. Basically, creation has been subjected to corruption. It has been subjected to what? To depravity. Okay? Are you guys with that? Okay? Now, that is important to get the next verse. Because the next verse now says, verse 21 Because creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. The bondage of corruption is the same thing as saying what being made subject to what vanity or depravity. I use. Did you do you get that part? Do you get that part? We hope you are looking in your Bible. That is the same thing as. Are you seeing that he's just using a play on words? He's using different words to say the same thing, and you will see this a lot in your Bible study. They will use different words to say the same thing, and if you're not, if you don't know that, you will be confused by what the next word means. Although you should still look the word, but you will still see the similarities between the words. Are you seeing that? For creation was made what? Subject. That means it was put under what? Vanity. My own says vanity. What does your own translation say? Futility. Futility. I be if you look at what futility means, because these are just big words, but you must break them down. Vanity, futility is also it also means depravity, right? Or something bad, Now, creation was made subject to what? Depravity, futility, vanity. Right? Something bad, something terrible, right? He now says, Not willingly, but it was subjected in hope. Okay? So notice he mentions the word hope. Hope is referring to something that will happen in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, he has already said in 18 that something shall be revealed in us. Abby, he has already said in 19 that we are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you seeing the trend that everything is going in one direction? But you're seeing that it takes a lot of thinking and observation to unpack it. Now, so he says, not willingly, but by reason of him. Okay. Now, verse 21, he says, because creation itself shall also be what? Delivered. Now, he notices he says, creation itself shall what? Also. Uh Abby, if I say that I will also go out, what does he mean about, about the other person? If I say I will also go out, what does he mean about the person before me?
1: A person is going out.
0: Abby, the person is going out. So when he now comes here, and because, you know, he, talk, he, speak, he spoke about us, then he moved on to talk about creation. He now says that creation itself also shall be delivered also, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that creation, like who?
1: Like us.
0: Like us shall be what? Delivered from what?
1: From the uh, bondage
0: God. of what? Corruption. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Now, prior to this, cor- we were... They did not mention corruption with us. Look at Romans 18. It says, "Okay, verse 17 says that if we suffer, we shall; if we suffer with him, we shall be what glorified." Abby. Yeah. Verse 18 says what that he says that the sufferings are not worthy to be compared with, with glory. Abby, that shall be revealed in us. So mm-hmm. verse 17, he calls it what sufferings and glory. Verse 18, it says what sufferings and glory. Abby, did you? I you guys seen that? Verse yeah. 18 it says sufferings and glory. Seventeen says sufferings and glory, you get. Eighteen says sufferings and glory, right? Nineteen now talks is now look at this. So nineteen now talks about creation, Abi, and tells you that creation, right? You know, he says creation waits for the manifestation of what the sons of God. And now, so so you have seen seventeen and eighteen is about us. Nineteen he now introduces creation, so it's now about us and creation. Are you seeing that? Seventeen and eighteen is about creation, right? 19 introduce us and creation you must notice all these things right mm, it introduces yeah. us <laughs> and creation yeah. you see this is why if you notice i've read through those things at least five times you guys and I, there are some things i keep on picking up do you get that's why you must go over and over and over again you get it's called study <laughs> so now look at that so 19 it, it tells us about us and creation 20, now tells us about creation and tells us that creation has been corrupted. Abi? Yeah. 21, it now comes and tells us that creation shall be delivered from corruption. Right? Just like us. Did you see that? Okay? So creation shall be, is going to be delivered from corruption like us. Abi? Because yeah. he says us also shall be delivered. So from also we realize that he's also talking about us. That both of us will be delivered from what? The bondage of corruption. Right? Uh-huh. Now, remember he has been talking about in verse 17, which is about us and 18. He calls it suffering. He says we are, we are suffering, Abi. He says we are suffering. We are suffering with him. We refer to him, verse 18. He says that the, the present uh, sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory. So he called verse 18, 17, is suffering. Verse 18 is suffering, Abi. Right? Verse 19 talks about us and creation. Verse 20 it tells us that creation is also suffering, right? And he, but he calls it corruption. Are you with me? That's verse 21. You see that he calls it corruption. Are you still with me? Because if you get it, then you will not be able to see how to, you know, interpret the Bible yourself. You know, so the suffering, so that means, now look at this. That means that the word suffering can also be used as corruption. When it says suffering, another word for suffering here is corruption. Does that make sense? Yes, mm, sir. So. Another word for suffering is corruption. It's corruption. Another word for suffering is just corruption. <laughs> okay. So that means we can actually go back to verse 18 and say, if that if we if we are corrupt, with him, we shall also be glorified. You can go to verse 18 and say that I reckon that the corruption of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that we revealed in us. Are you seeing that? So it now means that when it says the uh, endless the expression of, of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God, it means that creation is waiting for deliverance from corruption. Does that make sense? Okay? And then, so how can we have we established that suffering and corruption are like the same thing? Suffering is another way of saying corruption, right? It's another way of saying vanity. The word vanity or depravity and all those things. Yeah, it does talk about the same thing, just different words.
1: Yes, sir. I understand.
0: Okay, so in our sense, so look at verse 21. Because creation itself shall be what? Delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption, right? Also, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God, right? So it means creation, we've established that creation and man are corrupted right, in a certain way, and both shall be released into liberty, which is what we call the manifestation of the sons of God. Have you seen that? Okay, good. Now, verse 22, okay? For we know that the whole creation, what? Groans and travails in pain together until now. So let me ask you, why is creation groaning and traveling in pain until now? Why? From what we read, why because of the suffering or the corruption of creation? Abby, okay, wonderful, they got it now. Verse 23 it says, But not and not only they, or not only it, but ourselves also, right? Ourselves also, which have what the first fruit of the spirit that means the spirit is in us. Now, the word first fruit here. Right? That word first fruit is, first fruit means, you know, the idea of first fruit is the one that actually is like, they say the first fruit is holy, the whole lump is holy. is the first. Now, and that place we see this word first fruit is in Ephesians chapter. First fruit is like, okay, you know what? Let me not even use that text. I will get what I'm looking for in this same text. I don't even need that text to, to explain this. Sometimes you do. I don't even need it. Okay? Let's look at it. And not only they, but uh, so as Romans 8.23. Are not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit of the Spirit. Now when you say first fruit, it now looks as if we have part of the Spirit. No. You know, no, that's not what he's saying. I was trying to explain with the other one, right? First fruit is, not, is a concept. Do you understand? The idea is that if you offer the first of, in the, in the law of Moses, if you offer the first of your offering, right? The first of your offering or first of your increase, I think the rest of it is holy. That's the idea. So that first one covers for the rest. It's on with me. The first fruit, you know, the first that comes, if you offer that one to God, the first fruit of your increase or whatever, when it comes, the rest is holy. Because you offer this one to God, God is supposed to sanctify or make holy the rest. So he uses that term first fruit to talk about what is happening here, which is that that first thing that guarantees the rest. That is the idea. Okay. So, and not only they, okay, us but ourselves which have what the first fruit of the spirit okay you cannot say we have the spirit that's just what they mean we have the spirit but the spirit is a guarantee of something else are you with me now let's go back to verse 22 refresh our memory of what we just said Remember, we remember 22 said for we know that the whole creation what is groaning and travels in pain to get down to now right and we said that that is because of what the corruption right good so then we now said um verse 23 so creation is groaning or is corrupt It's groaning because it's corrupt you know it's in pain verse 23 and not only they but ourselves also which have what the first fruit of the spirit remember the whole of Romans 8 we've been seeing we have the spirit the spirit the spirit the spirit the spirit the spirit so we have the spirit right he now says even we ourselves what groan within what ourselves right now look at what he says Waiting for what the adoption, right? The word adoption there means what you know is the placing. The adoption, the re- which is what the redemption of our body. Are you seeing that? So from what we have read so far, lest I want you to think, what is the what was the corruption and what is the the glorification? What is the corruption? You understand what is the suffering what is the glorification what is the corruption and what is the manifestation of the sons of God from what we've read look at twenty three very well what is the what was the corruption and what is the manifestation what is the glorification? look at it very well and think you can go and read the verses before to see what and come back there redemption of our bodies is the glorification. Someone said the body. Someone said is the glorification of having a redeemed body? Okay. Someone said corruption is equal to living in mortal flesh, right? Glorification is you know is now when I'm seeing this, I'm now realizing that I in fact you know the verses that we skipped, eh, are part. <laughs> we're actually part of what would have helped us to even know what the corruption was better. Now, i said the corruption is the, our body which is still in sin. The glorification of our body, which should change from mortal to immortal. Okay, now let's look at the answer. So, actually, you're actually correct. In fact, because it says, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, waiting for what the adoption. Notice they kept on saying, We're waiting in hope, we're waiting in hope, and now tells us for the adoption that is the redemption of our body. So it means what the groaning has been about, right, is what redemption is actually talking about the resurrection when we receive our glorified bodies. Right? That is what it's talking about. So that is actually what we call the manifestation of the sons of God. I seen that when we receive our new bodies. So are seeing the manifestation of the sons of God is not, uh, you know, when we start healing and everything and no, 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 no. It's not about expressing God. It's about what, when we, when we get our glorified bodies right now so that means corruption will be the state of us right now right what has happened to us and you know the funny thing the funny thing is that romans 8 verse 1 you know down to verse that 11 is just talking about the corruption of the body <laughs> or, or or part of it is talking about the corruption of the body right so let's let's look at that one too let's go back there now i'm still, still going to come back romans 8 verse 1 says what Now, do you know that Romans 8 eh, is a background to Romans 7? And there is a whole explanation in Romans 7, actually, that will help us to understand Romans 8 before we even go down. (laughs) Which I will not go into. But the truth is that there's so much of Romans 7. eh, I've taught it. When I I teach Romans 7, you realize, oh my God, this is what it's talking about. Then you now come to Romans 8. And I say, okay. So it's, it's just a flow. It's a flow. If our romance, if our romance seven actually is actually, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey God. I'm that's what we are here for. Do you know? I don't, there are many other things to teach, but why I'm doing all this is so that it's it, you don't just hear things and uh, fancy things, but you see the practical application so that when you open your own Bible, it comes alive, you know exactly what to do. <laughs> so Let's go to Romans. I, I promise I won't waste time. Romans seven. I won't. Don't waste anytime I when the gospel is not waste. But let's check seven because we have to come out to eight, right? To finish eight and and, and you know and, and scatter ground, okay? So let's let's now. Nah, I'm for, I'm just gonna go straight to. Hi and even six. Six even. Oh my goodness. <laughs> even five. I'm telling you, from one actually, it all leads to the other, right? It all leads to the other actually. Because even one, if you read one and go back, you will see things inside one that are needed in all of them. Like, cause five tells us, you see, what shall we then? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. And that says, God forbid, how shall we that are what dead to sin, live any longer in sin? Right? Aha. Uh-huh. So he talks about that being dead to sin and all that stuff, newness of life and all that. Then verse, six, verse 15, what then shall we sin? Shall we sin because we are no longer under the law, but under the grace of God? God forbid. So he now talks about that, talks about that. Okay? Verse 6, 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's 7. There's a lot more to unpack that I'm just rushing out of there. 7. Okay? Let's start from verse 7. What shall... I hope, I hope you're opening your Bibles. You know, that's the way you understand it though. Uh-huh there's no other there's no easier way out so romans 7 verse 7 says what shall we say then is the law sin god forbid nay i had not known sin but by the law okay for i had not known the except the law said i should not lost okay verse 8 but sin taking occasion by the commandments wrought in me all manner of evil or whatever of lusts for without the law sin was dead for I was alive without the law once, but when commandments came, sin revived and I died. Okay, so he's talking about the fact that as a sinner, that he was without, I mean, he, he thought he was okay till sin came. When sin came, he thought he was fine, and he's okay. Then when sin came, he says, or, or when the law came, right, and said you shall not sin, he now realized something happened to him. He says, Sin revived and I died. He's talking about the man who is not born again. Now, look at this. Okay, verse 8, verse 10, sorry. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death, right? For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. He's saying the same thing, that when the law came, right? The Bible says that the law came to declare us, like the law came that every mouth may be stopped and everyone declared guilty before God. He says that every mouth may be stopped and everyone declared guilty before God. The law of Moses, when it came and people saw the law, the law amplified sin in them. So... (laughs) Verse 12, it says, wherefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. So the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. The law is just God's moral standard. Those 10, they are just the moral standard. There's nothing wrong with those laws. He says, he said, what then? He said, was, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin or more sinful walking death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might be exceedingly sinful. So he's saying again that when that when they command the law, right, the way, now let me say this, how do you reveal the sin nature of an unbeliever? You bring the law. Do you understand? An unbeliever looks good without the law. He just looks okay. But when you bring the law to him and you say, keep it, then you now see how sin will just come alive. You understand? Because it's not revealed to you that you're a rebel. You actually cannot keep, you can't keep it. You know why? Because it takes the nature of righteousness to match the law from a righteous God. Do you understand? A uh-huh so you just realize that uh, that thing revives in you that's how you actually nail a sinner but he says he says for we know that the law of 14 is spiritual but i am carnal sold on that sin you see, he's talking about the person who's not born born again i am carnal that is flesh driven sold on that sin for that which now look at this that which i do i allow not for what i would that i do not. Okay, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate is what I do. Are you seeing that? He said, if then I do that which I don't want to do, I consent unto the law that or I, I, I see that the law is good. He said, now that it is no more I that does it, but sin that does me." What's he saying? He's saying there's a sin nature in me because I want to do right, but I find myself doing wrong. Why? Because there is a nature of sin inside me. In my mind, I know what is good or what is right, but I said, an unbeliever, because I have a sin nature, I cannot live to the expectation of God. Are you seeing that? I can't live to God's expectation. I realize there's a problem with me. In other words, there's something corrupt about me. Are you seeing that? Now, have that in mind before when we go to eat. Okay? So it says, For I know that in me, that in my flesh, that's in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present. That means I want to do the right thing. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that I do. In other words, I am wired, hardwired towards evil. He said, now if I do that which I would not do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Are you seeing that? there is a nature of sin that is inside me. There is a corruption. I then find a law that when I would do good, evil is present in me. Are you seeing that? That means I am evil. That is why we say things like, for the omnivore, there is nothing good in you unbeliever, there's nothing good in you, nothing, non-righteous, no, not one. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward inner man, right? Inner man here will be the mind, it can't be the spirit. He says, but, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. I you seen that? So notice he said that you know this is how you, you knock this thing. I find that the law that when I would do, you know, oh, what is that? Sorry, I delight in the law of God afterwards the inward man. But you now see here, he says, But I see another law in what my members warring against the law of my mind. So he's talking about his mind. That's how you know the inner man, the mind. Are you seeing that? He says, I'm bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now, notice he says law of sin. Notice that. Notice that. Notice that law of sin. Law of sin. You know why? Because in Romans chapter 1, 8 verse 2, he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from what? The law of what? Sin and death. If you just read Romans 8 by itself, you can never know what the law of sin and death is. You have to come back to yourself to know what the law of sin and death is. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? I know it's draining, but it's that, you know I'm excited when I'm, I'm reading the word and realizing things in the word. I've seen that. you have seen how they relate and how they link. You have to know that one before you know the other one. <laughs> so it says, uh-huh. where, where, where are we reading? Verse 23. But I shall not law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing Means captivity to the law of what sin which is in my members that's in my body. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death or the body of this corruption? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Are you seeing that? With my mind, I want to do the right thing, but with the flesh, I find myself doing the wrong thing. Are you seeing that? That is Romans. So now. You now see that there's a direct flow from there into verse into chapter 8. So after he says, I see my mind is delighted in the law of God, my body is serving sin. Then he now comes and says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Are you seen that who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Are you seen that. Uh huh. So <laughs> no, so let's look at it for verse two, 8 verse 2 so he now gives the basis for the law of the spirit of life in Christ just has made me what free from the law of sin and death what is the law of sin and death the nature the sin nature that has been walking in him in verse 7 that he's saying I want to do the right thing but I cannot do it and that my friends is also what we call corruption are you seeing that that is also the corruption of the flesh the corruption that the nature is corrupt you see that uh-huh. Verse, verse 3, for what the law could not do, you will understand it by reading 7. Remember he said that the law, right? That the law, when the law came, what happened? That he says that, that the law came and then the law is good, though. it was meant for good, but what did he do? He killed me. It made sin amplified in me. now says verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it was, was weak. What made it weak? Was the law weak? No. But it was weak, why? Through the flesh, through my sinful nature. Through the flesh. Are you seeing that? So when the law met a sinful person, it could not produce anything good inside. So he says, through the, it was weak through the flesh, right? He now says what? God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So what was the solution to the flesh? God sending his own son who was like us, who looked like us. Are you seeing that? Who was tempted like us at every point, but did not sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. Are you seeing that? That the righteousness of the law might be what fulfilled in us. Now, remember that he said the law is good. Remember that he said that, that the law is good. Remember that? He said the law is good. So he now tells us that, that, that now, because of what Christ has done, we now have the new nature that that righteousness of the law, that law's righteousness might be what fulfilled in us. Right? It may be fulfilled that what the Lord tried to do, you know, that could not be done because of the weakness of the flesh, can now be done. He says, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see that? So we don't walk after the flesh, we walk after the spirit. So, the, you know, there's the introduction of the spirit. That's the difference between the man who is not born again and the man who is born again. There is Notice I'm spotting things. I'm just noticing things. As I'm reading, I'm noticing. I'm noticing. That is how you study. You'll be noticing things. Notice that we have spent almost two hours on just one small text, one chapter. We've not even finished chapter eight. <laughs> you see that? Because that's his Bible study. There are too many things to notice. You cannot read it, flip it, and just read down. No, you must notice they said this in verse this and look at verse that. They they said this one. Okay, this is what it means. You go back to seven, look at it You know, that's what you see. That's why some people cannot be you cannot be studying. You cannot be studying the book of Romans for three years and you're not finish it. You just be reading it, reading it, come back again, read it again, come back again. Every time you read, I can tell you see another thing. If I go over seven again, I will see more things. That's how it is. That's how you read it. (laughs) I can say there's an excitement when you're discovering things. Yeah. So you read it, read it, read it, read it. Come back, read it. It takes time. Amen. It takes time. So he says, condemns in the flesh. That righteousness of the, the law may be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit? Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Right? Uh-huh. Verse 8, verse 6. Okay? For to be carnally minded is dead, but the spiritual mind is life and peace. Okay. So this one is down because to talk about the mind and you know what they set their mind. They said their, uh, their mind, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. And uh, after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay? Now, verse. Seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay, so that means the carnal mind, the mind that is set on things of the flesh, is rebellious. I've done a whole different, you know, this is still a little what I'm saying, but it is still like I feel it's a, a kind of branching out. But verse eight, so then that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse eight, verse nine, it says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Are you seeing that? If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So you are seeing that the definition of flesh. In this context, is what? The person who is not born again. So, when we keep on thinking, look at when he we was saying things like sinful flesh, the likeness of sim- talking about sinful, you know, sinful flesh, that say the flesh, you know, that the, that it was weak through the flesh, through the flesh, the flesh. You see, he was talking about nature. How did I get the idea that his nature is talking about? I was looking at it in what? In context. Amen? I was looking at it in context. Context is what was explained to me. Someone like see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the context. It, because, let me say, that it, everything explains itself. Everything explains itself. You see that we just saw that what they just called uh, the, this in the flesh. Said, they then are in the flesh, cannot please God. Remember, I've been calling nature, nature, but you did not see any verse that said it was nature. But you now see verse 9 that says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be what the spirit of God dwells in you. So what's the meaning of flesh? It is the person who is not born again. The spirit of God is not inside the person, right? In the spirit, in this context, is the person that the spirit of God is inside. Amen. <laughs> okay, it says if so the spirit of God does you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, he is what? None of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is what dead because of sin. Right? But the spirit is what? Life because of righteousness. Are you seeing that? The body, if Christ is inside you, your body is what dead. So, he tells you that your body, actually, because of sin, right, your body is dead, but the spirit is life. Because So, in other words, now, look at this. He's telling you that the body has been corrupted. Your body is what? Dead. He says if Christ is inside you, the other person, he talks about the other person that loves God, cares about God and everything, and is still, you know, in bondage. That one is in bondage, both inside the mind. And the spirit, is like, he's, sorry, yeah, he, he's in his body, sorry, and his spirit, is in bondage in both, right? <laughs> wow, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven. He's in bondage in the body, right? it tells us the flesh that, right, in the body, he's in bondage by nature. And I remember the Bible was saying that those who set their minds on the things of the flesh, right. So it tells you that there's the body, tells you that there's a spirit, tells you that there's the mind. So he already tells you in seven that people are in bondage. Remember that the man in in seven is in bondage, both in his body, you know, and in his spirit, in his flesh, in spirit, in in both of them. But that guy says that he wouldn't delight in the law of God. But because of my flesh, because of my, my, there's no spirit of God inside me. I can't even do anything. The law makes me weak. He now comes into seven, eight and tells us, right, about the person that has the spirit of God. The spirit of God comes inside. So that conquers what? The what? The, the the flesh in that sense, like it conquers the nature, uh-huh. conquers the nature, right? Then he now tells you about that those who mind the things of the flesh, mind the things of the you know flesh. Yeah, flesh doesn't. Hey, uh-huh. I love that. Flesh doesn't always mean the same thing. It's it's in context. You see what it means. He now tells so so he tells us that the spirit is what that the nature is taken care of in Christ. He now tells you that the mind, you know, if you read um verse where he says because the carnal mind you know cannot please God, why? He says, verse, verse 5, for that are after the flesh do mind things of the flesh. That means those who want to be after the flesh, they mind, they put their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that are after the spirit, things of the spirit. So he's telling that the person who is born again, you already have the spirit, right? If you stay on the things of the flesh, what will you produce? You produce behavior of the flesh. If you stay on the things of the spirit, you produce behavior of the spirit. But now, he now tells you something. Now, he now comes to verse 10. If Christ be in you, meaning that the spirit is taken care of, nature is taken care of, right? The body is what's dead, so he's telling that the body cannot, nothing can be done about the body. The body is what dead. I you that? The body is dead. He said because of what sin. So sin has corrupted the body. Hey, is someone following me? Sin has what corrupted the body? Sin has corrupted the body, right? Uh huh. But. Your nature has been changed, right? He says your mind, you can actually mind the things of the Spirit. That means you want to, set, you want to behave with things of Spirit. You can set your mind on things of the Spirit, right? He now tells you that, the, that your nature has changed because you have the Spirit of God inside you. But he says the body is dead, right? Because of sin. So the body is dead. That means the body has been corrupted because of sin, right? But the Spirit... Because, so he's not... Now look at this. This is the foundation for all that stuff we're starting about my, my visions of the sons of God. The body is dead. You get... The body is dead that is the this is the foundation why is there a need for the manifestation of sons of god because the body is what dead because the body is corrupted are you seeing that that is why the body is dead the body is corrupted <laughs> the body cannot be redeemed now but your spirit has been redeemed your mind has been redeemed but your body cannot be redeemed now that is why there is a hope So, (laughs) the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Look at verse 11. But if the what? Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall what? Make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Are you seeing that? He's saying the body that is dead will be made alive. Oh, glory to God. The body that is dead will what? Be made alive. Are you seeing that? Yes. Mina, what would change you on that day is the spirit that is inside you. Oh, glory. That's what would change you to the new glorified body. Are you seeing that? That is why that other text said the redemption of the body. Is it making sense? <laughs> the redemption of the body. Are <laughs> you seeing that? So, he now says, Oh, uh, By the Spirit that dwells in you. Hallelujah. Yeah, the body is dead. But the same Spirit will redeem that body. He will change that body. That is the full guarantee. That is the fullness of what Christ has paid for. That it doesn't just end with your mind being changed or your spirit being changed, but your body also will be changed. Are you seen that? So, you cannot, you cannot understand that that is the corruption they are talking about. That your body is dead. So, your body is subject to all these kinds of desires. <laughs> are you seeing that? So, he now tells us in 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So, he's saying now, look at now, in this context, the flesh will be the body that is dead. So, where it says that we are not debtors to the flesh. To live after the flesh. Why? Because you have the spirit. It says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. What does that word die? That means, it just means that you will exhibit the attributes of the flesh. Right? Because the flesh is already dead. Remember that when, you know, when the, the law that passed through that flesh and that bad nature could not produce any good thing. So you, you will actually go that same direction. But if you through the spirit, now through what? The spirit. Abi? Do what? Mortify the deeds of the flesh shall live. How would you do that? He says, those who mind the things of the flesh, right? After the flesh. Those who are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. That's how you do it. In other words, the way you will put your body... Is, you know when Paul said, I put my body on a subjection? It is by the mind. The mind is the key. What you focus your mind on, right? Is what produces the kind of life you live. Seen that? If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit, what? Dead and kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. <laughs> Do you know what this means here? <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So he said, if you what mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, right, they are the sons of God. That word "led" is it means to be led away, to be carried, right? In this context, to be carried by the spirit of of God are those who let the spirit in them influence their conduct. Did you all see that? No, are you seeing that? Because normally your assumption is that they are led by the Spirit of God. But when you now come from verse 1 and go down from verse 7 and come like that and come down, 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 and you now come down to this, you will now see that it cannot be meaning that if you are led by the Spirit of God, the Son of God. That's not what he's talking about. Or if I'm led, if the Spirit of God is talking to me, I'm the Son of God. That's not what he's talking about. If you shall live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. For as many as I was led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Are you seeing that? Yes. And lead. So that lead that carried is that they are influenced by the spirit to mortify the deeds of the flesh. In other words, that being led is is talking about your mind. It's actually talking about those who let the word of God influence their minds, who put their minds on the things of the spirit. (laughs) Then verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we what? Cry Abba, Father. We cry Father, Father. Okay? But the Spirit has witness with us that we are children of God and the children then heirs of God and joint with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him that we shall also be glorified. So you see when it comes to suffer we shall be glorified it's talking about the corruption of the body. We suffer with Him. We suffer. So when you now come down to verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have what the first fruit of the spirit. So notice this first fruit of the spirit here just means that the body is still corrupt. Abi, that the body has not been redeemed. That's verse 23. Even when we, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for what the adoption. The re- so you're now where is the groaning come from? The groaning is that we know that our bodies are dead. We know that there's still corruption coming from our flesh. There's still desires coming from our flesh. There's still things that are wrong that come from our flesh. That is the groaning. That is the sadness that we have. There's this eagerness. We are waiting for what? The redemption when everything will be complete. Have you seen that? When we'll be perfected. Oh, glory to God. That is an imperfection of course. Have you seen that? Verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope which that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? So he's saying that if it, is, if it has happened to us now, why are we still hoping for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we with patience wait for it. Are you seeing that? Now, look at verse 26. I want you to look at verse 26 very, very well. Look at 26 very well and look at it properly. In fact, you know what? Look at it. See if you can see what is there from everything we studied. Look at twenty-six and see if you can see what is there. I think some people have gotten it. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> so, so, I think it's about what you let's now look at it. So, it says, likewise, the spirit, you see, right, also helps with what our infirmities. What would be the infirmities there? Because infirmity means something that is like that is, like, is like a frailty, it's actually a mort- like it's a frailty, it's a weakness or like a sickness or something. He says, the spirit helps with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the spirit itself makes intercessions for us with what groanings that cannot be uttered. So I have a question. Is it talking about prayer? Is it talking about prayer? Yeah, is it talking about prayer? <laughs> because it says here, remember, he just already spoke about the corruption and the hope and the redemption of the body. He now says the spirit helps us with infirm- What infirmity? The fact that we have corrupt bodies, the fact that the body is dead in sin. For we know not what we should pray for. That word pray for also can be like desire or something like that. But we know what to ought to pray for, right? As we ought. Because let me ask you, can you actually pray for the redemption of your body? You cannot. You can't actually. Because it's already a promise. So he says we should pray for, uh, but the spirit word itself makes what? Intercession for us with what? Groanings that cannot be uttered. So, what is the groaning there? What is the groaning there? The groaning is the desire of the spirit you get. <laughs> Concerning what? Concerning what? The redemption of our bodies. But why does it say intercession? It's another word for prayer. It's another word for desire. This was, I showed you that the words are interchanging as you are reading them. I seen that. <laughs> so now look at this so that word is not talking about speaking in tongues it's not, it's not tongues because it no. says groanings that cannot be uttered in tongues don't you say something Pops. yeah
1: so when it says that but the spirit making, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered so you're, what it's just practically saying is that the spirit is putting that desire in us for a redeemed body
0: something like that okay that the spirit itself desires that we have that
1: the redeemed body okay
0: are you seeing that? Uh-huh. So sometimes he can be thrown off by intercession group. It's just different words to say the same thing. Verse twenty-seven. And he that now look at it twenty-seven. He that searches the hearts. Who searches the hearts? <laughs> he knows what is the mind of the spirit, right? Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the God. Let's look at that again. And he that searches the hearts, right? He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind. Knows what is the mind of the spirit. Right? Aha. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Who is he that searches the heart? It will be the spirit. No knows what the mind of the spirit is actually the spirit. Both of them is the spirit. He that searches the heart is the spirit. He that knows the heart. unless you want to make an argument that is the human spirit. But he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession. Why does he know the, the mind of the spirit? Because he what makes intercession. He groans. Remember we said he makes intercession for us with the groan, groaning. So we can say he groans, right? In other words, the Spirit groans for the saints. According to what? God. He actually says the will of God. there. According to God, what is he groaning for? The redemption of the body. Are you seeing that? So verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. <laughs> what is he talking about? What is the all things there?
1: Redemption of
0: our bodies. Simple. <laughs> all things work together for our good. So when you are saying all things work together for our good, you need to know that it's not talking a- that that statement is, is not talking about what you think, all things. So that's they are beating you, slapping you, kicking you, and everything. No, 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 no. I see that. All things There's another rule of Bible in the is what is all the all things is talking about the context, not everything. Is hardly everything. Pops. Yeah.
1: Well, can't you say that um this can just be something that you can just say all things do work together for believers because we trust in God?
0: If you say all things, you know what all things is. If you find a God that has all things, hmm. if a person gets raped, that's all things. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you understand? So you can't use that. You can't use that. So it's actually all these things you get. The context. So you know all these things work together for our good. For the good of them, that was love God to them who are the one they called according to his purpose. So what is his purpose? His purpose is what? The redemption of the body. Well, you can actually make an argument and mean something else, but contextually, it looks like that. Right? All the works for good then are called to his purposes. Verse 29. For whom he did what? For no he also did to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay. So basically, okay, well, okay, who he predestinated, he also called, and who he called, he also justified, who he justified, he also glorified. Okay. So verse 31. What shall we then? Because those that is actually still, in a sense, talking about it so now look at this now look at now i want you guys to look at this please we're going to end now right what then shall we say to us these things if god be for us who shall be what against us Abi, 32 he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us or how shall he not with him also freely give us all things what is the all things there (laughs) the all things there is still the redemption of the body. He's saying that if he spared not his own son, but deliverable for us, right? How shall he not with him? He's saying there's a guarantee that you will receive the redemption or or the redeemed body. You redeem that body that is promised to you. Are you seeing that? Are you guys seeing the power of context? Why you cannot afford to read your Bible anyhow? Because the entire doctrines have been built on Romans 8 that are just scattered today. (laughs) Hey, hallelujah. (laughs) She's like, I can't wait for this body after the study. Yes, it's a serious (laughs) thing. Okay. So, in that sense, oh my God, who shall separate us from the love of God? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. If you keep on reading, you will keep on seeing things yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> so but i think he actually ends his, his thoughts in verse 33 in that and he goes you know to other things he gets he ends his stream of thought there so there should have uh, there should have actually been a paragraph after 35 or no after 34 notice that after a while you guys caught you caught the idea of 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 how to i will this one i'll release it So you can actually listen again and follow through. I will actually um, encourage you to follow through with your Bible. Again, do you understand why? So that you are paying attention and seeing. If you can get this system of explanation, you can crack any text. You can crack anything. You just realize it's just for you to read again, again, again. Sometimes read the whole book, come back, read again, read. Sometimes you realize that your understanding in one book will, will be better helped by another book. Do you get? So the more you read them, read them, read them, the more the understanding compounds. You will now realize that Paul just has similar thoughts. Notice that he he was explaining all through. All we did is go inside. That is what Bible study is. Bible study is not to read your meaning into it. It is to what? Excavate the meaning from the text. Not your own meaning. It is what is inside that you are looking for. Do you understand? This is what sets you apart from everybody when you study. I rather believe the unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. You know what humanity is to take God's word and
1: Prophecy go on. This and is Young Ecclesianation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God
0: in ministration. I hope that's the nice God. God bless you. God bless you. write everything down. Don't out. Okay, so I've actually done a proper exposition on Romans 8 from verse 1 down to verse I think eleven. So, I'm not going to do that again. But then, let's, let's read from verse, maybe 11. From verse 11. But if the Spirit of God that raises us from the dead dwells in you, He that raises us from the dead will what? He will what? Quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Right? That dwells in you. Aha. Uh-huh. That dwells in you. So, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit multiply the flesh, you shall live. I've thought that. Verse 14. But many of read by the Spirit, are the sons of God. Verse 15 For you are not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry about Father. Notice he keeps talking about spirit, 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 spirit. spirit. He is talking about spirit, right? He keeps talking about spirit. we do not receive the spirit of again to fear. We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? about Father, right? Then verse 16 again, the spirit. Are you seeing that? The spirit itself dwells witness with our spirit that we are what the children of God. So you are seeing again, spirit, 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 spirit. Our best witness of our spirit that the children of God. That means this, this is about spirit. Verse 17, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ. If so, will we suffer with him that we shall be glorified with him? So, you are seeing, I still talking about spirit. Why are you children of God? Because you are spirit. Why are you joined heirs? Because you are spirit. You have the spirit of God. That is why you have all this. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the word the glory that shall be revealed in us. Right? The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to, what to be compared with what the glory that shall be what you know, revealed in us. Are you seeing that? Okay, so, verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the the creation, actually, right? So notice it says that the sufferings are not it compared to the glory that will be revealed where? In us. There's a glory, something that will be revealed where? In us. Now, notice that this glory is future. First of all, he already says you have the Spirit. So this glory is not salvation. You already have the Spirit. And this glory will be revealed when? In us. Or where? In us. Now, Verse 19 for the endless expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now notice you remember they said that there's a glory that shall be revealed where in us. So the manifestation of the sons of God is the glory that will be revealed in us. Are you seeing that? It is the glory that will reveal in us. It's the same thing he's talking about the manifestation is the glory. Okay, so he now says, For creation was made subject to vanity, not willing but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So he's telling us that there is actually a kind of suffering or bondage that we and creation both suffer. We suffer, creation suffers it. We suffer, creation suffers it. In other words, it says we actually entered into that same bondage around the same time. Just talking about Genesis actually, when man fell. Verse 21, because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. Now, It says, shall also be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. In other words, it means that the suffering that we are also going through is the suffering of corruption. Did you see that? Because it says, we also shall, or the creation also shall be delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption. Also means that it is also part of what we are also experiencing, which is what? Corruption. Is someone seeing that? Are you seeing that so far? Right? Is is someone seeing that? Are you lost... Let's start from... Please, I hope... Are you looking in the Bible? Right? Uh-huh. Because in, te- in study, you are comparing texts with, with texts. Now, look at this. I reckon that the suffering... Have we understood the part that is talking about the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, and it's down to 17. Have you understood that part? Right? That it's talking about the Spirit in us. So far, it has been about the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. Are you? Do you understand that part? Yeah? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, now, so verse 17. And if, if children then are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we what suffer with him, that we may also be what glorified. Are you seeing that? If so, we what, we, what suffer. I want you to take note of the words because this is an important in Bible study. Even so that we what suffer with him, that we may be what glorified. You get. If you can't, if you have a small notebook to write the word suffer, write the word glorified, right? We suffer with him, that we may what be glorified. Okay, now, he now says, verse 18, for I reckon, right, I reckon, I reason, or I suppose that the suffering, so he, now, you cannot miss this. Don't miss it. Verse 17, he spoke about what? that we, If we suffer, that we will be glorified. Verse 18, he now says sufferings. Are you seeing that? He mentions the same word suffering. Are you seeing that? So you must take note of that. He says suffer. He now mentions suffering. So that means he's talking about the same thing. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, right? So that means in verse seventy-one, he says we suffer with him that we may be glorified with him. That means that suffering is a suffering that is present right now. We are going through it right now. Okay. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be what compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now notice in verse 17, he said what? That if we suffer from him, we shall also be what? Glorified what? Together. Did you notice that? Did you see that? Did you see the, the, the two verses, how they use those same keywords? I need this is how you understand how to study your Bible. If you don't, if you miss this, you miss everything. I see that? So The sufferings and glory. Sufferings and glory, right? Uh-huh. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be what revealed right where in us so that means in verse 17 when it says if we suffer with him that we may also be what glorified together that means that glorification you know shall be where will it happen it will happen in us do you get it will happen in us something will happen to us that will be our glorification okay now that's what we're trying to find out does that make sense we're trying to find out what is the suffering what is the glorification are you with me we're trying to find out what that is so verse 19 for the earnest expectation of creation right Uh uh-huh. or the anticipation of creation Wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. So, question: What is the manifestation from verse 18 and 17? What is the word that represents manifestation here? Can you see the said manifestation? It sh- manifestation means a showing forth, right? Something that will happen, right? He says he says it is waiting for what the manifestation of the sons of God. So, verse 18 and verse 17, what would the manifestation of the sons of God be in verse 18 and verse 17? okay yeah the glory are you seeing that the glory will be it the man of the son of god is the glory that should be revealed in us It's the same thing he's talking about he's just using different words for this to say the same thing are you seeing that different words to say the same thing then verse 20 for creation was made subject to vanity right or moral depravity but not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So, basically, 20 is telling us that creation has been what? Subjected to what? Vanity or corruption, right? Because the word vanity actually there is actually the word depravity. Okay? So, note that. Creation has been made subject what depravity, not willingly, but by reason of him that subjected the same in hope, or. Or it has been subjected in hope. I don't think it's right to say him who subjected in hope. It's not can't be God that subjected creation. It's not God that, that did that to creation. Basically, creation has been subjected to corruption. It has been subjected to what? To depravity. Okay? Are you guys with that? Okay? Now, that is important to get the next verse. Because the next verse now says, verse 21, Because creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of what? corruption. The bondage of corruption is the same thing as saying what? Being made subject to what? Vanity or depravity. Are you, did you, do you get that part? Do you get that part? We hope you are looking in your Bible. That is the same thing as... Are you seeing that he's just using a play on words? He's using different words to say the same thing. And you will see this a lot in your Bible study. They will use different words to say the same thing. And if, you're not, if you don't know that, you will be confused by what the next word means. Although you should still look the word up, but you will still see the similarities between the words. Are you seen that for creation was made what subject that means it was put under what vanity? My own says vanity. What does your own translation say? Futility, futility. I be if you look at what futility means because these are just big words, but you must break them down. Vanity, futility is also it also means depravity, right? Or yeah. something bad. Oh. Now, creation was made subject to what depravity, futility, vanity right? Something bad, something terrible, right? He now says, not willingly, but it was subjected in hope. Okay? So, notice he mentions the word hope. Hope is referring to something that will happen in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, he has already said in 18 that something shall be revealed in us. Abby, he has already said in 19 that we are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing the trend that everything is going in one direction? But you are seeing that it takes a lot of thinking and observation to unpack it. Now, so, he says, not willingly, but by reason of him. Okay. Now, verse 21. He says, because creation itself shall also be what? Delivered. Now, he notices he says, creation itself shall what? Also. Uh Abby, if I say that I will also go out, what does he mean about, about the other person? If I say I will also go out, what does he mean about the person before me?
1: Your person is
0: going out. Abby. the person is going out. So when he now comes here, and because, you know, he, talk, he, speak, he spoke about us, then he moved on to talk about creation. He now says that creation itself also shall be delivered also, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that creation, like who?
1: Like us.
0: Like us shall be what? Delivered from what?
1: From the bondage
0: God. of what? Corruption. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Now, prior to this, cor- we were... They did not mention corruption with us. Look at Romans 18. It says, "Okay, verse 17 says that if we, if we suffer, we shall; if we suffer with him, we shall be what? Glorified, Abby." Yeah. Verse 18 says what? That he says that the sufferings are not worthy to be compared with, with glory, Abby. That shall be revealed in us. So, mm-hmm. verse 17, he calls it what? Sufferings and glory. Verse 18, he says what? Sufferings and glory, Abby. Did you? I you guys seen that? Verse yeah. 18 it says sufferings and glory. 17 says sufferings and glory. You get 18 says sufferings and glory, right? 19 now talks is now look at this. So 19 now talks about creation, Abi, and tells you that creation, right? You know, it says creation waits for the manifestation of what the sons of God. And now, so so you're saying 17 and 18 is about us. 19, he now introduces creation, so it's now about us and creation. Are you seeing that? 17 and 18 is about creation, right? 19 introduce us and creation. You must notice all these things, right? Mm, it introduces yeah. us <laughs> and creation. Yeah. You see, this is why if you notice, I've read through those things at least five times, you guys, and there are some things that keep on picking up. Do you get that's why you must go over and over and over again? You get it's called study. <laughs> so now look at that. So 19, it, it tells us about us and creation. 20, now tells us about creation and tells us that creation has been corrupted. Abi? Yes. 21, It now comes and tells us that creation shall be delivered from corruption. Right? Just like us. Did you see that? Okay. So creation shall be, is going to be delivered from corruption like us. Abi? Because yes. he says us also shall be delivered. So from also we realize that he's also talking about us. That both of us will be delivered from what? The bondage of corruption, right? Uh-huh. Now, remember, he has been talking about in verse 17, which is about us, and 18, he calls it suffering. He says, We are, we are suffering, Abi. He says, We are suffering. We are suffering with him, we will glorify with him. Verse 18, he says that the, the present uh, sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory. So he called verse 18, 17 is suffering. Verse 18 is suffering, Abi, right? Verse 19 talks about us and creation. Verse 20 us that creation is also suffering, right? And he, but he calls it corruption. Are you with me? That's verse 21. You see that he calls it corruption. Are you still with me? Because if you get it, then you will not be able to see how to, you know, interpret the Bible yourself. You know, so the suffering, so that means, now look at this. That means that the word suffering can also be used as corruption. When it says suffering, another word for suffering here is corruption. Does that make sense? Yes, mm, sir. So. Another word for suffering is corruption. Is corruption. Another word for suffering is just corruption. <laughs> okay. So that means we can actually go back to verse 18 and say, if that if we if we are corrupt with him, we shall also be glorified. You can go to verse 18 and say that I reckon that the corruption of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that we revealed in us. Are you seeing that? So in that means that when it says the uh, the end of of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of god it means that creation is waiting for deliverance from corruption does that make sense okay and then so how can we have we established that suffering and corruption are like the same thing suffering is another way of saying corruption right It's another way of saying vanity The word vanity or depravity and all those things. Yeah, it does talk about the same thing, just different words.
1: Yes, sir. I understand.
0: Okay, so in our sense, so look at verse 21. Because creation itself shall be what? Delivered from the bondage of what? Corruption, right? Also, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God, right? So it means creation, we've established that creation and man are corrupted right? In a certain way, and both shall be released into liberty, which is what we call the manifestation of the sons of God. Have you seen that? Okay, good. Now, verse 22, okay? For we know that the whole creation, what? Groans and travails in pain together until now. So let me ask you, why is creation groaning and traveling in pain until now? Why? From what we read, why? Because of the suffering or the corruption of creation. Abby. Okay. Wonderful. They got it. Now, verse 23. It says, But not, not only they, or not only it, but ourselves also. Right? Ourselves also. Which have what? The first fruit of the Spirit. That means the Spirit is in us. Now, the word first fruit here right that word first fruit is first fruit means you know the idea of first fruit is the one that actually is like they said the first fruit is holy the whole lump is holy is the first now and that place we see this word first fruit is in ephesians chapter first fruit is like okay you know what let me not even use that text i will get what i'm looking for in this same text i don't even need that text to to explain this sometimes you do i don't even need it okay let's look at it and not only they but uh, that's romans 8 23 are not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit of the Spirit. Now when you say first fruit, it now looks as if we have part of the Spirit. No. You know, no, that's not what he's saying. I am trying to explain with the other one, right? First fruit is, not, is a concept. Do you understand? The idea is that if you offer the first of, in the, in the law of Moses, if you offer the first of your offering, right? The first of your offering or first of your increase, I think the rest of it is holy. That's the idea. So, that first one covers for the rest. It's on with me. The first fruit, you know, the first that comes, if you offer that one to God, the first fruit of your increase or whatever, when it comes, the rest is holy. Because you offer this one to God, God's supposed to sanctify or make holy the rest. So, he uses that term first fruit to talk about what is happening here, which is that that first thing that guarantees the rest. That is the idea. Okay? So, and not only they, okay? as but ourselves which have what the first fruit of the spirit okay you cannot say we have the spirit that's just what they mean we have the spirit but the spirit is a guarantee of something else are you with me now let's go back to verse 22 refresh our memory of what we just said remember verse 22 said for we know that the whole creation what is groaning and travels in pain to get down to now right and we said that that is because of what the corruption right good so then we now said Um, Verse 23, so creation is groaning or is corrupt. It's groaning because it's corrupt. You know, it's in pain. Verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have what? The first fruit of the Spirit. Remember the whole of Romans 8, we've been seeing we have the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. So we have the Spirit, right? He now says, even we ourselves, what? groan within what? Ourselves, right? Now look at what he says waiting for what the adoption right the word adoption there means what you know is the placing the adoption the re- which is what the redemption of our body are you seeing that so from what we have read so far let's i want you to think what is the what was the corruption and what is the the glorification what is the corruption you understand? What is the suffering? What is the glorification? What is the corruption? And what is the manifestation of the sons of God? From what we've read. Look at 23 very well. What is the, What was the corruption? And what is the manifestation? What is the glorification? Look at it very well and think. You can go and read the verses before to see what... And come back there. Redemption of our bodies is the glorification. Someone said the body, Someone said is the glorification having a redeemed body, okay? Saul said corruption is equal to living in mortal flesh, right? Glorification, is, you know, it's now when I'm seeing this, I'm not realizing that I, in fact, you know the verses that we skipped, eh, are part, <laughs> we're actually part of what would have helped us to even know what the corruption was better. Now, unless I said the corruption is the, our body which is still in sin, the glorification of our body, which should change from mortal to immortal. Okay, now let's look at the answer. So actually, you're actually correct. In fact, because it says even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for what the adoption. Notice they kept on saying we are waiting in hope, we are waiting in hope, and now tells us for the adoption that is the redemption of our body. So it means what the groaning has been about, right? Is what redemption is actually talking about—the resurrection when we receive our glorified bodies, right? That is what he's talking about. So that is actually what we call the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you seeing that when we receive our new bodies? So you are seeing the manifestation of the sons of God is not, uh, you know, when we start healing and everything. And no, 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 it's not about expressing God. It's about what when we when we get our glorified bodies right? Now, so that means corruption will be the state of us right now, right? What has happened to us? And you know the funny thing? The funny thing is that Romans 8 verse 1, you know, down to verse, that 11 is just talking about the corruption of the body. <laughs> or, or or part of it is talking about the corruption of the body, right? So let's, let's look at that one too. Let's go back there. Now, I'm still, still going to come back. Romans 8 verse 1 says what? Now, do you know that Romans 8 eh, is a background to Romans 7? And there is a whole explanation in Romans 7, actually, that will help us to understand Romans 8 before we even go down. <laughs> Which I will not go into. But the truth is that there's so much of Romans 7. Eh, I've taught it. When I, I teach Romans 7, you realize, oh my God, this is what it's talking about. Then you now come to Romans 8. And I say, okay. So it's, it's just a flow. It's a flow. If I romance, if a romance seven actually is actually, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey God, oh well, that's what we are here for. Do you know? I don't. There are many other things to teach, but why I'm doing all this is so that it's it, you don't just hear things and uh, fancy things, but you see the practical application. So that when you open your own Bible, it comes alive. You know exactly what to do. <laughs> so. Let's go to romance I, I promise time, romance I won't waste time. Romans, I won't. Don't waste anytime I when the gospel is not waste. But let's check seven because we have to come out to eight, right? To finish eight and and, and you know and, and scatter ground, okay? So let's let's now nah, I'm for, I'm just gonna go straight to. Hi and even six six even oh my goodness. <laughs> even five. I'm telling you from one actually it all leads to the other, right? it all leads to the other actually because even one if you read one and go back you will see things inside one that are needed in all of them like because five tells us you see what shall we then what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound and that says god forbid how shall we that what dead to sin live any longer in sin right aha uh-huh. so he talks about that being dead to sin and all that stuff newness of life and all that then verses, verse fifteen. What then shall we sin? Shall we sin because we are no longer under the law, but under the grace of God? God forbid. So he now talks about that. Talks about that. Okay, verse six, six verse twenty three. For the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's seven. There's a lot more to unpack. That I'm just rushing out of there. Seven. Okay, let's start from verse seven. What shall I hope? I hope you're opening your Bibles. You know that's the way you understand it, though. Huh. There's no other. There's no easier way out. So Romans seven verse seven. says what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. Okay, for I had not known loss except the law said I should not lost. Okay, verse eight. But sin taking occasion by the commandments wrought in me all manner of evil or whatever of lusts. For without the law sin was dead for I was alive without the law once but when commandments came sin revived and I died okay so he's talking about the fact that as a sinner that he was without I mean he he thought he was okay till sin came when sin came he thought he was fine and he's okay then when sin came he says or, or when the law came right and said you shall not sin he now realized something happened to him he says sin revived and I died he's talking about the man who is not born again now look at this Okay, verse 8, verse 10, sorry. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death, right? For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. He's saying the same thing, that when the law came, right? The Bible says that the law came to declare us, like the law came that every mouth may be stopped and everyone declared guilty before God. He says that every mouth may be stopped and everyone declared guilty before God. The law of Moses, when it came, and people saw the law, the law amplified sin in them. So... (laughs) Verse 12, he now says, Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. So the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. The law is just God's moral standard. Those ten, they are just the moral standard. There's nothing wrong with those laws. He says, he said, what then? He says, was, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, or more sinful, walking death in me, by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might be exceedingly sinful. So he's saying again that, when that, when they command the law, right? The way now, let me say this: How do you reveal the sin nature of an unbeliever? You bring the law. Do you understand? An unbeliever looks good without the law; he just looks okay. But when you bring the law to him and you say, "Keep it," then you now see how sin will just come alive. You understand? Because it's now revealed to you that you're a rebel. You actually cannot keep. You can't keep it. You know why? Because it takes the nature of righteousness to match the law from a righteous God. Do you understand? A hair. So you just realize that uh, that thing revives in you. That's how you actually kneel a, a sinner. But he says, he says, for we know that the law of verse fourteen is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold on that sin. I see he's talking about the person who's not born, born again. I am carnal; that is flesh-driven, sold on that sin. For that which now look at this, that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. Okay, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate is what I do. Are you seeing that? He said, if then I do that which I don't want to do, I consent unto the law that I, I, I see that the law is good. He said, now that it is no more I that does it, but sin that does me." What's he saying? He's saying there's a sin nature in me because I want to do right, but I find myself doing wrong. Why? Because there is a nature of sin inside me. In my mind, I know what is good or what is right, but I said, an unbeliever, because I have a sin nature, I cannot live to the expectation of God. Are you seeing that? I can't live to God's expectation. I realize there's a problem with me. In other words, there's something corrupt about me. Are you seeing that? Now, have that in mind before when we go to it. Okay? So it says, For I know that in me, that in my flesh, that's in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present. That means I want to do the right thing. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that I do. In other words, I am wired, hardwired towards evil. He said, now if I do that which I would not do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Are you seeing that? That There is a nature of sin that is inside me. There is a corruption. I then find the law that when I would do good, evil is present in me. Are you seeing that? That means I am evil. That's why we say things like, for the omnipotent, there is nothing good in you. If you are an unbeliever, there's nothing good in you, nothing, non-righteous, no, not one. He says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward, inner man, right? Inner man here will be the mind. It can't be the spirit. He says, but, he says, but I see another law in my members, worrying against the law of my mind. I see seen that? So notice he said that, you know, this is how you, you knock this thing. I find that the law that when I would do, you know, oh, what is that, sorry? I delight in the law of God afterwards, the inward man. But you now see here, he says, but I see another law in what? My members warring against the law of my mind. He's talking about his mind. That's that? you know the inner man, the mind. Are you seeing that? He says, I'm bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now, notice he says law of sin. Notice that. Notice that. Notice that law of sin. Law of sin. You know why? Because in Romans 1, 8, verse 2, he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from what? The law of what? Sin and death. If you just read Romans 8 by itself, you can never know what the law of sin and death is. You have to come back to yourself to know what the law of sin and death is. Are you seen that? Are you seeing that? I know it's draining, but it's that, you know I'm excited. when I'm, I'm reading the word. and am realizing things in the word. I've seen that. you have seen how they relate and how they link. You have to know that one before you know the other one. <laughs> so, it says, uh-huh. where, where, where are we reading? Verse 23. But I shall not law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing... Means captivity to the law of what? Sin which is in my members. That's in my body. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death or the body of this corruption? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin. Are you seeing that? With my mind I want to do the right thing but with the flesh I find myself doing the wrong thing. Are you seeing that? That is Romans. So now you now see that there's a direct flow from there into verse into chapter 8. So after he says, I see my mind is delighted in the law of God, my body is serving sin. Then he now comes and says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I seen that who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I seen that. Uh huh. So <laughs> no so let's look at it for verse two, 8 verse 2 so he now gives the basis for the law of the spirit of life in Christ just has made me what free from the law of sin and death what is the law of sin and death the nature the sin nature that has been working in him in verse 7 that is saying I want to do the right thing but I cannot do it and that my friends is also what we call corruption are you seeing that that is also the corruption of the flesh the corruption that the nature is corrupt you see that uh-huh. Verse, verse 3. For what the law could not do. You will understand it by reading 7. Remember, he said that the law, right? That the law, when the law came, what happened? That he says that, that the law came and then the law is good. Though. It was meant for good. But what did he do? He killed me. It made sin amplified in me. He now says, verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was, was weak. What made it weak? Was the law weak? No. But it was weak. Why? Through the flesh, through my sinful nature. Through the flesh. Are you seeing that? So when the law met a sinful person, it could not produce anything good inside. So he says, through the, it was weak through the flesh, right? He now says what? God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So what was the solution to the flesh? God sending his own son who was like us, who looked like us. Are you seeing that? Who was tempted like us at every point, but did not sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. Are you seeing that? That the righteousness of the law might be what fulfilled in us. Now, remember that he said the law is good. Remember that he said that, that the law is good. Remember that? He said the law is good. So he now tells us that, that, that now, because of what Christ has done, we now have the new nature that that righteousness of the law, that law's righteousness might be what fulfilled in us right? It may be fulfilled that what the Lord tried to do, you know, that could not be done because of the weakness of the flesh can now be done. He says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see that? So we don't walk after the flesh, we walk after the spirit. So, the, you know there's the introduction of the spirit. That's the difference between the man who is not born again and the man who is born again. There is introduction. Notice I'm spotting things. I'm just noticing things. As I'm reading, I'm noticing. I'm noticing. That is how you study. You'll be noticing things. Notice that we have spent almost two hours on just one small text, one chapter. We've not even finished chapter eight. <laughs> you see that? Because that's his Bible study. There are too many things to notice. You cannot read it, flip it, and just read it down. No, you must notice. They said this in verse this, and look at verse that. They they said this one. Okay, this is what it means. You go back to seven, look at it. You know that's what you see. That's why some people cannot. Be. You cannot be studying. You cannot be studying the book of Romans for three years, and you not finish it. You just be reading it, reading it. Come back again, read it again. Come back again. Every time you read, I can tell you see another thing. If I go over seven again, I will see more things. That's how it is. That's how you read it. <laughs> I can see there's an excitement when you are discovering things. Yeah. That's you read it, read it, read it, read it, come back, read it. It takes time. <laughs> Amen. It takes time. So he says, condemns in the flesh that the righteousness of, the, of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse five, for they that are after the flesh do what mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Right? Uh huh. Verse eight, verse six, okay? For to be carnally minded is dead, but the spiritual man is life and peace. Okay, so this one is now begins to talk about the mind and you know what they set their mind. They said that they mind, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, and uh, after the spirit, the things of the spirit, okay? Now, verse Seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay, so that means the carnal mind, the mind that is set on things of the flesh, is rebellious. I've done a whole different, you know, the, this is still a little what I'm saying, but it is still like I feel it's a, a, a kind of branching out. But verse eight, so them that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse eight, verse nine, it says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Are you seeing that? If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So you are seeing that the definition of flesh. In this context, is what the person who is not born again. So when we keep on thinking, look at when he we was saying things like sinful flesh, the likeness of sim- or talking about sinful, you know, sinful flesh. That would say the flesh, you know, that the, that it was weak through the flesh, through the flesh, the flesh. You see, he was talking about nature. How did I get the idea that his nature is talking about? I was looking at it in what, in context. Amen. I was looking at it in context. Context is what was explained to me. So see what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the context. Because, let me say, everything explains itself. Everything explains itself. You see that we just saw that what they just called uh, this in the flesh. They are in the flesh cannot please God. Remember, I've been calling nature, nature, but you did not see any verse that said it was nature. But you now see verse 9 that says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be what the spirit of God dwells in you. So what's the meaning of flesh? It is the person who is not born again. The spirit of God is not inside the person, right? In the spirit, me, in this context, is the person that the spirit of God is inside. Amen. <laughs> okay, it says, If so, the spirit of God you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, he is what? None of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is what? Dead because of sin, right? But the spirit is what? Life because of righteousness. Are you seeing that? The body, if Christ is inside you, your body is what? Dead. So he tells you that your body, actually, because of sin, right? Your body is dead, but the spirit is life because... So in other words, now, look at this. He's telling you that the body has been corrupted. Your body is what? Dead. He says if Christ is inside you, the other person, he talks about the other person that loves God, cares about God and everything, and is still you know in bondage. That one is in bondage, both inside the mind and the spirit. He's be, like, he's, Sorry, yeah, he's in his body, sorry, and his spirit. He's in bondage in both, right? Wow, 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 yeah, yeah, Seven, he's in bondage in the body, right? He tells us the flesh, that, right, in the body. He's in bondage by nature. And I remember the Bible was saying that those who set their minds on the things of the flesh, right? So it tells you that there is the body, tells you that there's a spirit, tells you that there's the mind, So he already tells you in seven that people are in bondage. Remember that the man in in seven is in bondage, both in his body, you know, and in his spirit, in his flesh, in spirit, in in both of them. But that guy says that he wouldn't delight in the law of God. But because of my flesh, because of my, my, there's no spirit of God inside me, I can't even do anything. The law makes me weak. He now comes into seven, eight, and tells us, right, about the person that has the spirit of God. The spirit of God comes inside. So that conquers what? The what? The, the, the flesh, in that sense, like it conquers the nature, uh-huh. conquers the nature, right? Then he now tells you about that those who mind the things of the flesh, mind the things of the you know, flesh. Yeah, flesh doesn't, hey, uh-huh. I love that. Flesh doesn't always mean the same thing, it's it's in context, you see what it means. He now tells us so, so he tells us that the spirit is what that the nature is taken care of in Christ. He now tells you that the mind, you know, if you read um, verse where he says, Because the carnal mind, you know, cannot please God, why? He says, verse, verse five: but those that are after the flesh, do mind things of the flesh. That means those who want to be after the flesh, they mind, they put their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that are after the spirit, things of the spirit. So he's telling that the person who is born again, he already have the spirit, right? If you stay on the things of the flesh, what will you produce? You produce behavior of the flesh. If you stay on the things of the spirit, you produce behavior of the spirit. But now, he now tells you something. Now he now comes to verse ten: If Christ being you, meaning that the spirit is taken care of, nature is taken care of, right? The body is what's dead. So he's telling that the body cannot, nothing can be done about the body. The body is what dead. I seen that. The body is dead. He said, because of what? Sin. So sin has corrupted the body. Hey, is someone following me? Sin has what? corrupted the body? Sin has corrupted the body. Right? Uh huh. But. Your nature has been changed, right? He says your mind, you can actually mind the things of the spirit. That means you want to set you want to behave with things of the spirit. You can set your mind on things of the spirit, right? He now tells you that the, that your nature has changed because you have the spirit of God inside you. But he says the body is dead, right? Because of sin. So the body is dead. That means the body has been corrupted because of sin, right? But the spirit, goes, so he's not now look at this. This is the foundation for all that stuff we're starting about my, my visions of sons of God. The body is dead. You get. The body is dead that is the this is the foundation why is there a need for the manifestation of sons of god because the body is what dead because the body is corrupted are you seeing that that is why the body is dead the body is corrupted (laughs) the body cannot be redeemed now but your spirit has been redeemed your mind has been redeemed but your body cannot be redeemed now that is why there is a hope So, (laughs) the spirit of life because of righteousness. Look at verse 11. But if the what? Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall what? Make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Are you seeing that? He's saying the body that is dead will be made alive. Oh, glory to God. The body that is dead will what? Be made alive. Are you that? Yes. Mina, what would change you on that day is the spirit that is inside you. Oh, glory. That's what would change you to the new glorified body. Are you seeing that? That is why that other text said the redemption of the body. Is it making sense? <laughs> the redemption of the body. Are <laughs> you seeing that? So, he now says... Uh, (laughs) by the spirit that dwells in you hallelujah yeah the body is dead but the same spirit will redeem that body he will change that body that is the full guarantee that is the fullness of what Christ has paid for that it doesn't just end with your mind being changed or your spirit being changed but your body also will be changed are you seeing that? So, you cannot, you cannot understand that that is the corruption they are talking about. That your body is dead. So, your body is subject to all these kinds of desires. <laughs> are you seeing that? So, he now tells us in 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So, he's saying now, look at now, in this context, the flesh will be the body that is dead. So, where it says that we are now, says we are, we, are, we are not debtors to the flesh. Live after the flesh, why because you have the spirit it says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. What does that word die? That means it just means that you will exhibit the attributes of the flesh, right? Because the flesh is already dead. Remember that when you know when the, the law that passed through that flesh and that bad nature could not produce any good thing, so you, you will actually go that same direction. But if you through the spirit now, notice through what the spirit, Abby, do what mortify the deeds of the flesh, I live. How would you do that? He says, those who mind the things of the flesh, right? After the flesh. Those who are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. That's how you do it. In other words, the way you will put your body, is, you know when Paul said, I put my body under subjection, it is by the mind. The mind is the key. What you focus your mind on, right? Is what produces the kind of life you live. Seen that? If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit, what? Dead and kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. <laughs> Do you know what this means here? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so he said, if you what? mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, right? They are the sons of God. That word led, it means to be led away, to be carried, Right? In this context, to be carried by the Spirit of of God are those who let the spirit in them influence their conduct. Did you all see that? No, are you seeing that? Because normally your assumption is that they are led by the Spirit of God, but when you now come from verse 1 and go down from verse 7 and come like that and come down, 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 and you now come down to this, you will now see that it cannot be meaning that if you are led by the Spirit of God and the Son of God. That's not what he's talking about. if I'm led, if the Spirit of God is talking to me I'm the Son of God, that's not what he's talking about. If you shall live after the flesh shall I die, but if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh shall I live. For as many as I was led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Are you seeing that? Yes. I led. So that led, that carried is that they are influenced by the spirit to mortify the deeds of the flesh. In other words, that being led is, talk, is talking about your mind. It's actually talking about those who let the word of God influence their minds. Who put their minds on the things of the spirit. <laughs> Then verse 15 for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we what? Cry abba, father. We cry father, father. Okay? But the spirit bears witness with us that we are children of God and the children and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we shall also be glorified. So you see, when it comes to suffer, we shall be glorified, he's talking about the corruption of the body. We suffer with him. We suffer so when you now come down to verse 23 and not only they but ourselves also which have what the first fruit of the spirit so notice this first fruit of the spirit here just means that the body is still corrupt Abi that the body has not been redeemed that's verse 23 even when we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for what the adoption the re- so you're now where is the groaning come from the groaning is that we know that our bodies are dead we know that there's still corruption coming from our flesh. There's still desires coming from our flesh. There's still things that are wrong that come from our flesh. That is the groaning. That is the sadness that we have. There's this eagerness. We are waiting for what? The redemption, when everything will be complete. Have you seen that? When we'll be perfected. Oh, glory to God. That is when perfection of course. Have you seen that? Verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope which that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? So he's saying that if it, is, if it has happened to us now, why are we still hoping for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we with patience wait for it. Are you seeing that? Now, look at verse 26. I want you to look at verse 26 very, very well. Look at 26 very well and look at it properly. In fact, you know what? Look at it. See if you can see what is there. From everything we studied, look at 26 and see if you can see what is there. I think some people have gotten it. <laughs> I see that <laughs> so. So, I think it's going to okay, take. Let, let's now look at it. So, it says, likewise, the spirit, you see, right, also helps with what our infirmities. What of be the infirmities there? Because infirmity means something that is like that is, like, is like a frailty, it's actually a mort- like it's a frailty, it's a weakness or like a sickness or something. He says, the spirit helps with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit itself makes intercessions for us with what? Groanings that cannot be uttered. So I have a question. Is it talking about prayer? Is it talking about prayer? Yeah? Is it talking about prayer? <laughs> because it says here, remember, he just already spoke about the corruption and the hope and the redemption of the body. He now says the Spirit helps us to infirmity. What infirmity? The fact that we have corrupt bodies, the fact that the body is dead in sin. For we know not what we should pray for. That word pray for also can be like desire or something like that. But we know what we ought to pray for, right? As we ought. Because let me ask you, can you actually pray for the redemption of your body? You cannot. You can't actually. Because it's already a promise. So he says we should pray for, uh, but the spirit word itself makes what? Intercession for us with what? Groanings that cannot be uttered. So, what is the groaning there? What is the groaning there? The groaning is the desire of the Spirit. You get. <laughs> Concerning what? Concerning what? The redemption of our bodies. But, sir, why does it say intercession? It's another word for prayer. It's another word for desire. This was, I showed you that the words are interchanging as you are reading them. I see that. <laughs> so now look at this so that word is not talking about speaking in tongues it's not, it's not tongues because it well, says groanings that cannot be uttered in tongues don't you say something Pops. yeah
1: so when it says that but the spirit making, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered so you're, what it's just practically saying is that the spirit is putting that desire in us for a redeemed body
0: something like that okay that the spirit itself desires that we have that
1: the redeemed body okay
0: is in that uh-huh. so it's on that he can be thrown off by intercession, good, it's just different words to say the same thing. Verse 27 And he that now look at the 27 He that searches the hearts, who searches the hearts, is <laughs> he knows what is the mind of the spirit, right? Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the of let's look at that again. And he that searches the hearts, right? He that searches the hearts knows what's the mind, knows what is the mind of the spirit. Right? Uh-huh. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Who is he that searches the heart? It will be the spirit. Know, knows what the mind of the spirit is actually the spirit. Both of them is the spirit. He that searches the heart is the spirit. He that knows, the, unless you want to make an argument that is the human spirit. But he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession. Why does he know the, the mind of the spirit? Because he what? makes intercession. He groans. Remember we said he makes intercession for us with the groan, groaning. So we can say he groans, right? In other words, the Spirit groans for the saints. According to what? God. He actually says the will of God. there. According to God. What is he groaning for? The redemption of the body. Are you that? So verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. <laughs> what is he talking about? What is the all things there?
1: redemption of our
0: bodies. Simple. <laughs> all things work together for our good. So, when you're saying all things work together for our good, you need to know that it's not talking a- That That statement is, is not talking about what you think. All things. Sometimes they are beating you, slapping you, kicking you, and everything. No, 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 no. I see that. All things. Uh, there's another rule of Bible intervention. why you, you see all the all things is talking about the context, not everything. Is hardly everything. Pops. Yeah?
1: Well, can't you say that um, this can just be something that you can just say all things do work together for believers because we trust in God?
0: If you say all things, you know what all things is. You find a God that has all things. Hmm. If a person gets raped, that's all things. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you understand? So you can't use that. you can't use that so it's actually all these things you get the context so you know all these things work together for our good for the good of them that was love God to them who are the one they called according to his purpose so what is his purpose his purpose is what the redemption of the body well you can actually make an argument it means something else but contextually it looks like that Right, all the works for good then are called to his purposes. Verse 29, for whom he did what? For no he also the to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, so basically, okay, well, okay, who he predestined he also called, and who he called, he also justified, who he justified, he also glorified. Okay, so verse 31. What shall we then? Because those that is actually still, in a sense, talking about it. So now look at this. Now look at now. I want you guys to look at this, please. We're gonna end now, right? What then shall we say to us these things? If God be for us, who shall be what against us? Abi, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What is the all things there? the all things there is still the redemption of the body. He's saying that if he spared not his own son, but deliverable for us, right? How shall he not with him? He's saying there's a guarantee that you will receive the redemption or or the redeemed body. You redeem that body that is promised to you. Are you seeing that? Are you guys seeing the power of context? Why you cannot afford to read your Bible anyhow? Because the entire doctrines have been built on Romans 8 that are just scattered today. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. <laughs> she said, like, I can't wait for this body after the study. Yes, it's a serious thing. <laughs> okay. So, in that sense, so, 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 oh my God, who shall separate us from the love of God? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you keep on reading, you will still keep on seeing things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but I think he actually ends his his thoughts in verse thirty-three in that, and he goes, you know, to other things. He gets he ends his stream of thought there. So there should have uh, there should have actually been a paragraph after thirty-five, or no after thirty-four. Notice that after a while you guys caught you caught the idea of 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 how to. I'll this one I'll release it. So you can actually listen again and follow through. I will actually um, encourage you to follow through with your Bible. Again, do you understand why? So that you are paying attention and seeing. If you can get this system of explanation, you can crack any text. You can crack anything. You just realize it's just for you to read again, again, again. Sometimes read the whole book, come back, read again, read. Sometimes you realize that your understanding in one book will, will be better helped by another book. Do you get? So the more you read them, read them, read them, the more the understanding compounds. You will now realize that Paul just has similar thoughts. Notice that he's just, he, has, he was explaining all through. All we did is we'll go inside. That is what Bible study is. Bible study is not to read your meaning into it. It is to what? Excavate the meaning from the text. Not your own meaning. It is what is inside that you are looking for. Do you understand? This is what sets you apart from everybody when you study.